Welcome to the 58th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and a man calling me a phony, Adrian Pinter. How are you, my friend? How are you? General Can... Oh, oh. this is a weirder start than usual, because not only... You, you literally hit record, and then you immediately started. And then now you asked, how are you twice in a row instead of just the ones? And now I'm going off script. You gotta, you gotta, we're not on script on this show. You gotta be uh, ready for the spontaneity, Adrian. Ready for the spontaneity is what mm. you gotta be ready for. Mm. You're right. You're right. Anyways, I'm doing quite well, General Kenobi. I don't know if I said that yet. Uh, but Simon Edie, um, I am well, my friend. What is up with you? What is new? Tell me about yourself. Not much. Not much is working. It's working, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm. Interesting. That's my, that's my life. It's my life. Not many movies I watched actually this week too. It's gonna, be, it's it's gonna be a, a light show for that. Even TV series. I didn't get to watch much more of wa- The Walking Dead that I talked about. I watched last mm-hmm. week. Did you? Did you watch more of The Walking Dead? I watched a, f- four, I want to say four more episodes, give or take a bit. I I went camping this week, Simon Edie, and uh, uh, I didn't have much time because because I was camping to oh. uh, partake in um, viewing things. You know what I'm saying? And how was the camping? How was the camping? It was really nice. I went up to Algonquin with my uh, pal Peter. Uh, we mm, that's far, quite yeah, far, about four and a half hour drive from uh, where we are. Uh, but yeah, me, me and Peter go camping uh, once a year every summer. It's, it's just been a tradition for the past, I want to say, five years now, give or take a bit. So it's uh, I don't know, it's nice. And Algonquin's beautiful. Uh, we had this really nice campsite. Our campsite was right by the beach, like mid, like a minute walk. So we have kayaks. So Bringing our kayak stand was super easy. Um, you know, they had uh, an outhouse right by our campsite, which was really nice. And then if we wanted a more fancy bathroom, we, we would just have to walk like a couple minutes. Simon, I'm going to tell you about the shower there. This may, this, Did you enjoy it? This may come as a shock to you. Oh. But the showers at this Al- Algonquin park we were at, uh, Lake of Two Rivers Campground is what it's called is I don't know if they hired some sort of scientist or something to come in to figure out what the perfect temperature of water is because there's no knobs on, on the shower. You walk in, it's like sensor-based, and it turns on when you're near it. And it is the oh. perfect temperature of water, the best, like like the temperature I would like to perfect here at home. I, I just want to say that. It, it just perfectly warm. I don't know if it was that extra bit of, you know, because I'm out and about, you know, you're camping, you're dirty, you're smoky because you're cooking things on the fire and stuff. So that that mm-hmm. that shower feels so much more better. But let me tell you, man, that shower was a revolutionary experience. I was like, goodness gracious. This is a good temperature shower. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great to hear. That yeah. was the highlight of the trip, the the shower? Um, no, probably not. The I think the highlight of of the trip was in the middle of the night, around like midnight o'clock, one of the nights. Um, we walked to the beach, super romantic, me and my pal Peter, and we looked up at the stars and the stars up north there are so crystal clear. It's beautiful. I, I've, I've never seen sky quite like it. 
it you can you can make it with all the little thingamabobs in the sky, you know, the big dipper, the little dipper with ease. You could see the 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 ah, yes, the gas the thing of a lot. Yeah, you know, the the gas belt thing, it looks almost like purplish clouds in the air, but it's 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 in in space. I forget what it's called. I'm no I'm no astrologist, but uh it's really nice. That was probably the highlight. I, w- I went hiking on a little hiking trip trail. It was about two and a half kilometers. And it brings you up to the top of this cliff. And when you look out on the cliff, you're above like a bunch of these trees. Like you see the top of these trees in this huge forest. It's pretty, uh, pretty neat. A little bit eerie, but pretty neat. That's great. Yeah, that's great. You see the problem with pollution. Mm-hmm. It really points it out for you. You know, Gonquin Park, I guess. It does. Like uh, how a lack of pollution near nearby creates a beautiful sky to view in the evening. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Wow. You're quite the poet, Adrian. But I was not quite the poet last week when I said that Gotham was on Fox. Sorry, was on CBS and not Fox. Mm-hmm. I was incorrect. So that's a show correction from last week. I think that's the only correction that we need to make. I don't think we made any other mistakes last week on last week's episode. But anyways, yes, Gotham is definitely on on Fox, mm-hmm. not CBS. Not yeah, CBS. it was. Uh, yeah, I, d- I didn't pick it up uh, as you said it, and then uh, during my like, listen, you know, I, I listen to my 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 self talk because I, I want to look at ways to improve, and I, and I want to. I think we have a pretty high quality podcast. Not to toot our own horn here, but I think the the quality of content that we provide is pretty tight. Um, and uh, yeah, I noticed that little slip up and. Uh, but hey, man, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. You know what I mean? I, th- I think that was Plato that said that. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, no, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Albert Einstein. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, definitely. That makes a lot more. That sense. or Mark Twain. That or Mark Twain mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was a mistake. It was a, make- a mistake on my part. I-, I realized. So when you sent me the message by-, by proxy, because of course we don't talk outside this podcast. Never have, never will. Yes, that I made that mistake. Um, I realized that the reason why I made that mistake most likely is because the creator of Gotham is a man na- by the name of Bruno Heller, who also made The Mentalist, which mm-hmm. was on CBS. So I must have made that weird mix up in my brain. Yeah. Um, I guess. I, it's the only connection I could possibly make. Like, why would I think that? Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's strange. Did you see that thing about um, Fox and Family Guy and Seth MacFarlane? How Seth MacFarlane wished his show wasn't on Fox anymore because of. Tucker Carlson. Yeah, like how much he hates Tucker Carlson. I did see that. Uh, and I don't know about you. I was a little confused by that. Me too. But it was an article that kind of floated around in multiple publications. I first saw it on uh, IGN, but it was I think it was on like – it might have been on like Variety. No, or Collider or something. It was on um, a little bit – not that IGN is not reputable, but it looked like they just kind of copied that from somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. I looked at, or maybe the Hollywood Reporter, somebody reported on it that was like, "Really? How is this even a, a thing?" Because, and I think you, this is the reason why you thought it was odd. Is Fox is owned by Disney, so mm-hmm. <laughs> why does this matter? Like, Family Guy is mostly on uh, Star now. If you're looking at streaming services, because Disney owns Fox, so I don't understand why Tucker Tucker Carlson would be even connected to this. Did I miss something? Do they somehow still own part of? Fox? I don't think so. Like Fox News? I, I yeah, well, they, I mean, yes, they they own Fox News. Like like yeah, no, News Corp owns Fox News, but mm-hmm. that's it. That's the remaining vestige of that. They own other things too. Like News Corp is like they're gonna buy some other thing. They they buy lots of news stuff. That's what they they own. But they also own Fox News. But they don't own Fox like 
20th century Fox mm. or 20th century television. Anyways, yeah. I thought it was odd. You would think that Seth MacFarlane would know that. Yeah, uh, considering he's in the industry. So, like, well, it's, it's his employer. You think he'd know who, yeah. he, who employs him? That, that, that part was just puzzling. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was mm-hmm. odd. That is odd. Such is life, I guess. Adrian, Adrian, mm-hmm. Adrian. Mm-hmm. Speaking of superhero properties like Gotham, mm-hmm. we both watched a particular movie this week. We did. We just watched it. We watched it yesterday. We recorded this podcast on a Saturday, and we watched it on a Friday. Yes. And it was The Suicide Squad, James uh. Gunn's The Suicide Squad. What did you think of it? We didn't uh, talk too much outside of the theater or after the movie, because we don't talk outside the podcast, actually. That's why. We didn't talk at all. Never actually. have, never will. But we saved it for this. What mm. do you what, what do you make of it? What did you make of that wild movie? I thought it was... Drum roll. That's not a drum roll, but whatever. Dang good, my friend. I really liked it. I uh, I would go as far as to say I loved this movie. Um, I think. Whoa, loved it. Hmm. I think. I don't this, know. What, is that what is that? I don't even know what that lands in your your chart of good movies. But yeah, you loved it. That's incredible. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. I I also don't know where it lands on my chart of movies, but uh, I really I really did love it. I think this movie is an absolute blast to watch. It's so fun. The characters are amazing. Um, Until they die. Yeah, exactly. I I think the movie itself is well acted. There's great chemistry between all the actors. It's hilarious. Uh, It's surprisingly heartfelt. Um, It's it's really damn good. I, I really, really loved it. What did you think, my friend? I agree. It's awesome. I just think that the uh, – yeah, and I, I really like the characters like you just said. I think that James Gunn films have a lot of heart in them, and they get like these like corny through lines that uh, – they're almost kind of cheesy, but they're just borderline cheesy in a, in a really nice way. Mm-hmm. And there was a nice through line with like Ratcatcher 2 and Bloodsport, and I just thought it was like very emotionally charged mm-hmm. for a movie that's like a – this seems to be geared towards like being a raucous, a raucous fun time where things are just exploding left, right, and center. There's so much violence as well. Like it's it's very uh, akin to like a super from James Gunn, or like I, I guess I haven't seen it, but from what I hear about it, like Slither, and that it's a rated R film. Su- Suicide Squad is fitted for a rated R to be a rated R movie. It should have been rated R, I think. The first time around, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the thing that they kind of missed out on. They were, I guess they were too scared to really dive into those waters of making it, I guess, too gory or too uh, nudity or too much nudity or too much swearing because I guess they were worried the children wouldn't go see it or whatever the heck. But Oh, my God. Speaking of children, there were liter- there was a literal child, if not multiple literal children in our theater that were like no older than 10. Did you notice that? I heard... I, f- I felt like I heard weird child laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I also heard there was somebody laughing behind us. There's just obnoxiously laughing at times that didn't make sense again, which uh, I just don't understand how that happens. Did the you Avengers, notice that? The Avengers Infinity War experience for us. <laughs> well, there were, actually, there was a child. I thought there was a child's laughter. Like it definitely sounded like a child at one point that just mm-hmm. didn't make any sense. And it went through somebody like there was like some giggling throughout the theater. And then they're like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, <laughs> like over the top of it. I'm like, what's wrong here? Yeah, I why didn't... are you laughing that hard? It's like you're trying to be. Th- it's not like you think it's funny. You're just trying to belong. You're trying to fit in mm-hmm. with the rest of the crowd. It kind of felt like that. That's what the Avengers kid felt like when yeah. we saw it was Infinity War, right? Yeah, it, it was an IMAX. Yeah, 
And that kid was just laughing at everything, even if it wasn't funny. Like yeah. someone would be die would be about to die, and they'd be like, <laughs> like to, as, before the joke would happen because they'd clearly seen it before. Oh man, yeah. it's annoying. But anyway. Uh, yeah, it didn't bother me too much this time. That one was bad because I was literally right beside that child. Yeah, exactly. I remember that specifically. Um, but yeah, I don't know. honestly, it was really weird. Like it, it was in the front row as well. So there must have been multiple children. But yeah, there was literally this like kid that I guess walked back in from the bathroom and was just walking in. I'm like, there are like, there is, listen, I'm no parent. I'm not, I'm not here to tell anyone how to parent their children. But even I, if I, if I had a child, I'd be like, probably not this one. There's like dicks in this movie. There's an excessive yes. amount of violence in this movie. It's incredibly gory, like shockingly gory. There is F-bomb bombs galore. Um, it is not it's a bloodbath. It, it is. It's a bloodbath in many ways and I, in, in, in a way that you should probably not take your ch- kids to as well. Exactly. And I just don't understand what a ch- child would get out of it. I feel like a lot of the humor um it, it would go right over their heads i mean again it's a visually stunning movie and i think uh, i think king shark is a great standout where i guess kids could laugh at that character but again he's like tearing people in half and eating them alive as they're screaming like i don't nom, know nom. <laughs> it's definitely um it's definitely not um yeah made for children i, I actually ken pointed that uh, this out to me he he messaged me I, I don't think he was able to write in this week unfortunately uh he's a Kenneth busy Saddlebauer, of course being a regular viewer uh, sorry listener on this show and mm-hmm. also a regular writer inner to split focus a film and tv podcast it is true um and yeah he, he came with us to watch the movie last night and and he messaged me after saying uh there's a there's a scene where blood sport tells king shark to like nom nom it's like go like nom nom He's like that has a, like a lot of uh, Avengers, um, like original Avengers uh, vibes with uh, Cap saying like Hulk smash. And I was like, yeah, that's a good call out, actually. Um, there's a- yeah, I can see that. That's a great uh, that's a great point by Ken there. Mm-hmm. Idris Elba's Bloodsport was amazing. I think mm-hmm. he's maybe the highlight of the movie in, in some ways, like in terms of an act, a- acting ability. There were certain certain lines he had. Like they were in the trailer actually sometime at at some points as well. Like where, like even like Amanda Waller is like, "Are you seeing this or something like that?" And he's like, "Uh huh." And I just yeah. found that like, oh man, there's just some the delivery of his lines. He's just like, uh, he's got great comedic timing. I find um, others there as well similar, but. He was great. Yeah, I was just about to say, I feel like the whole cast has uh, really great comedic timing and the way they play off each other is is uh, is awesome. Um, John Cena being, I think, the funniest character in the movie as Peacemaker. There's uh, you, you mentioned the trailer that the trailer did show like specific scenes with uh, Idris Alba. And um, but honestly, I I regret watching all the trailers because although there's still plenty of surprises in that movie, um, I felt like. I knew exactly where the story was going for the majority of the movie, if that makes sense. Uh, it didn't ruin the experience by any means, but I definitely, um, I don't know. It, it, it got rid of a, a, a little bit of the surprises. And I think if you have uh, a keen enough eye, you could probably make out which characters live and which characters die um, because of the trailers. And, and I, and I think I guessed, most of them correctly in my head prior to going in. Uh, however, again, there, there are still a few surprises in the movie where I was like, holy shit, I uh, did not see that coming, whether it be a character dying or just where the story itself goes. 
I see. I would say though, a character's dying. I, I would give that to you, and I and I know there's some that you predicted that. Uh, wow, you did it! You did it, Adrian! Wow, thanks. You you predicted it, but we can't say here because you know we don't want to spoil the movie if you haven't seen the Suicide Squad yet. But regardless, I do find that the movie kind of predicts itself in a weird way. It it keeps us unpredictability throughout in various ways, like who it's going to kill potentially. But I find that the movie kind of starts with. I mean, Amanda Waller tells you the mission. Mm-hmm. You kind of know what's going to happen because she's like, you're going to go there and do this. And um, you're right. There were certain beats that were literally in uh, certain clips that they showed before that it would have been nice to not see. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're, they're, they maybe went a little too hard on the marketing because of COVID. Like, I mean, yeah. it seemed like it was almost excessive considering this this movie probably had a lot of hype behind it. So it was a little weird to maybe show as much as they they did. But to speak about Idris Elba's blood sports, John Cena's peacemaker, which is just a ridiculous person who's wearing the most ridiculous costume. The costumes were great, by the way, throughout. I thought they were mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, but those two characters and Rick Flagg, the chemistry that they had in certain scenes was really great. Mm. And, and a lot of the characters, honestly, they all play off each other brilliantly. I think that the even like Polka Dot Man, his role is just amazing. He's so good. I didn't think he was going to be, you know, that impressive as a as a character because he's polka dot man. <laughs> but I feel like they did a really good job with that type of chemistry between these characters, and they didn't. Uh, they kind of do make you wonder, you know, you know, don't get too attached, and uh, they they do make you wonder who's gonna who's gonna die. I got too attached. <laughs> That's what Me I would too. say. I got a little too attached to certain characters, and I was like, oh man, that's too bad. Yeah, me too. I, I, I was in the same uh, boat as you. I agree. Um, however, I don't like, yeah, yeah. I, I was definitely disappointed about few of the deaths. And I feel like I wish I got more character development from some of the characters that were killed off. Um, but again, like, yeah, the, the whole marketing was like, don't get too attached. I did find myself getting attached to uh, a lot of the main cast. Um, so when when someone did die, it, it definitely hurt a bit. And I was like, God damn it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. very well done and it's very well balanced. And, um, it like the movie itself is like just so visually stunning and it somehow balances this, like, I guess, dark sort of comedic tone with these bright, vibrant colors. A lot of the time, this movie, uh, if we're going to compare it to, you know, suicide squad from 2016 or 2017, whenever that movie came out but yeah it's it's just a heck of a lot brighter and more colorful and again this is one of those examples how um like you've mentioned it before where you can see someone's vision like through and through like emerald Fennell with promising young woman um or david lowry with uh the green knight and i feel like this is a similar sort of thing albeit a a very different style of movie from both of those to, to be fair um not that Green Knight and Promising Young Woman are similar movies in any way. But uh, yeah, like it, it was awesome to see that just James Gunn got free reign and it seems like he could do whatever the hell he wanted in this movie. And he he did whatever the hell he wanted in this movie. Um, they even uh, yeah. they, they even did almost it's not the same scene by any means, but they 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 do a bar scene in this movie, um, which is oh, which yeah, that's reminded a me. Uh, of the of the original Suicide Squad movie, but they did it well this time, um, like a hell of a lot better than that movie did. And, and it made sense. The characters interacting with each other in the bar made sense. 
Um, what a and- weird ass bar scene that was, though. There was mm-hmm. like an it was a completely empty bar. I don't think there was even a bartender in that bar. No. Why was there a bar in that movie? <laughs> I'm trying to actually. I'm try, I'm starting to think like it was like almost like they were on set. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were in a on set bar. Like there was a no. It seemed like it had no purpose. Yeah. Huh. It was uh, that was not a good scene. That that movie itself. The more I think about it, the more. Uh, flawed it is it's it's not a good it's movie, one of my least favorite movies i think to be yeah. honest it's unfortunate um with david Iyer. i don't know if you saw like he he released like a huge statement about uh how that movie is not his movie and he he practically disowned it and he, he's like sick of people telling him that he's a shitty filmmaker uh because that's not that was never his vision right um i don't want to get too into that but uh i do feel for david Iyer for that and it's nice that he's been so supportive uh James Gunn, which is which was uh, just yeah, it's just nice to see. You know what I mean? These these big guys uh, celebrating one another. It is indeed. I would agree with you though. That bar scene was really good, and it was again another build upon this these characters and their chemistry and their potential character development. There was it was it was very nice to see that. It, 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 uh, something very cool about it. Ah, there's there's just the style of the movie, the music in the movie. James Gunn it just knocks it out of the park every time with his music choices. Mm-hmm. It just works so well. There's this one scene, there's one shot of multiple characters on this like white landscape as is like raining water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? It's in the trailer. It's just, it is. Some of it's in the trailer, but it's just so awesome. It's just such an incredible oh, – it's just a, such an incredible shot. And as you kind of mo- pointed out how, how well things are shot or how specific they are. Or how colorful they are. Like there's a moment in the trailer with like Harley Quinn with like flowers behind her head and you kind of see that scene come to life. By the way, the Harley Quinn fight scene, uh, there's multiple, but that one I think that you can mm-hmm. point out like specifically is absolutely incredible. And I would like to point out, Adrian, I think you know what I'm going to say. You can get a memorable fight scene in a movie. It's possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in comparison to Black Widow. You know, is that too much to ask for? Is that too much to ask for, buddy? Hmm? No, no, not at all, man. Uh, I, I do agree with you. That is a very memorable uh, fight scene, and it's it's very reminiscent of the um, fight scene in the in, in the police station, Birds of Prey, similar sort of style and color and everything like that, which I which I really liked. I feel like James Gunn did a good job of referencing the wider universes. Uh, sorry, the wider universe and paying homage to the films that came before it, while still being its own story and not being held down by everything that came before it as well that's a good point as well actually it's it's a good call out like like harley quinn references the joker which is arguably jared leto's joker in 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 a lot of ways there's other references that are made too but that's an interesting thing to be done on this movie which is supposed to be a sequel to that movie as opposed to just forgetting that that movie existed Mm -hmm. he did respect the fact that it does exist which is it's kind of awesome because there's a particularly large franchise in which a movie just decides to shit on everything that the previous movie did before it. And the reasoning behind that is likely because that movie had been thought of to be bad by fans, which people didn't like Suicide Squad, like the first Suicide Squad by David Iyer either. Mm-hmm. I think you know what movie I'm talking about. Can you name it? Yeah, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it's a shit on The Last Jedi so hard. It's, a bad movie. it's like, okay, you want to just retcon everything Jedi. that happened before. That's not how you do it. That Again, Rise of Skywalker made the an entire last trilogy, the final trilogy of the Skywalker trilogy, the Skywalker saga, 
bad. It, it made the literally the first. I argue it made JJM's first movie, Force Awakens, worse as well. Like it just made all three movies not good, just because it just ends so poorly. It, it even makes some of the other movies bad because of the, some of the choices like they're trying to like fix from like the original trilogy. It's like, what are you doing anyway? Mm-hmm. Uh, talk forever about how maddening that terrible rise of skywalker is but anyways no this this movie james gunn yeah you realize his vision he was not meddled with it's a bit of a bloodbath don't necessarily take your children to it amazing music mm-hmm. great act acting great action great memorable fight scenes in it i loved it that's yeah. my that's my final take yeah man uh, i i definitely agree with everything you said and the the characters as well are just so memorable and and lovable, although so flawed. And honestly, like uh, my biggest surprise in that movie is how much I loved uh, rat catcher two and (laughs) how she is arguably my favorite character in that movie, which uh, I I never would have expected uh, going in. She doesn't get much play in the trailer. So maybe that's why I I felt a little bit more surprised by, uh, her, her personality and everything, but I, I really did love her. And again, uh, you, you mentioned it uh, before, but yeah, the relationship she has with Bloodsport is also it, it's 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 really great. And there's so many funny gags with uh, with her character and Bloodsport and uh, her little pet rat, which I, I really enjoyed. Um, I think the the pet rat's name is Sebastian, which I really like. Um, but yeah, again, really amazing movie. I adore it. I want to watch it again. Uh, me too that's what i was just about to follow up with and i actually it's just so fun to watch and in such a satisfying way like my heart was like swelling at certain parts parts with like how even some of the action shots the slow motion the choices to put slow motion in certain scenes the the emotional beats but some of the 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 just the the play on action that they like for instance that john cena and idris alba had in Mm -hmm. certain scenes it's just oh man it's just so fun to watch there's there's I don't think there will be a more fun movie to watch this year. And I'm not talking about like the, you know, rampage fun. Like that's a movie that's like, all right, it was fun. This Mm -hmm. is like a extravagant spectacle with heart type of fun. It had like a lot of soul. You know, it's not just a roller, you know, it's not just a theme park film there. Scorsese. It's a, it's, it's great. It's a, it's all like throughout. It's a great movie. Yeah. Agreed. I'm excited to see uh, this Peacemaker series that's going on HBO Max that James Gunn has been developing. I think he's directing five out of the eight episodes. I think it's the first three episodes and then the the seventh and eighth episode. And I think that's supposed to launch early uh, 2022. So uh, I'm excited to watch that as well. Indeed. Yeah, that's good. It's great stuff. Great stuff. Fantastic. Did you watch anything else this week or is the Suicide Squad just completely take up your mind? Um, I did actually watch one one movie, one other movie. And uh, this movie is called Ip Man. Have you ever heard Ooh. of it, Simon? Oh, I have. I've intended to watch it for many, many years, but I just never got around to it. Um, yeah, how was it? I, I hear it's amazing. Yeah, it's really great. So it's on Netflix here in Canada, and um, I believe it's in Cantonese because uh, that's at least what Netflix is telling me, <laughs> the, the language that they're speaking is, um, with subs, of course. I think the second one has English dubs, but honestly, I don't mind reading, um, especially for live-action movies. Um, and it's it's really good. I really enjoyed it. It's um, it's this heavy martial arts you know, movie 
um, that is surprisingly deep. It's it's apparently based on a true story following a, a man called Ip Man, I guess, uh, who is uh, a master of Wing Chun. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right, uh, which is a style of martial arts. And, you know, it takes place in this small town prior to World War II. Um, and, yeah, it's it's – it's just a visually uh, fun movie with a lot of cool action scenes. And the story itself is uh, has a lot to do about family, um, which was kind of surprising to me. I, I honestly had no idea what the movie was about. I thought it was just going to be this like big visual spectacle with a bunch of people just beating the shit out of each other. But it's actually surprisingly deeper than that. And it honestly dives into it goes into World War Two and, you know, with uh, Japan kind of invading parts of China as well and you know, taking prisoners and, and stuff like that. And it gets really dark and I did not expect it to go the direction it did. Uh, but yeah, again, I don't have too much to say about it. It's really great. It's fun to watch. It's not too long. I think it's just under two hours. Uh, and, uh, if you just want to watch some people fight, um, with, um, each other using like cool martial arts skills, uh, it's a movie I highly, highly recommend. Um, funnily enough, I watched it with my friend, Peter, uh, that I went camping with the night uh, prior to going camping. Uh, we just put it on. And I was thinking because uh, many years ago, um, my old friend, a different Peter, yeah, actually recommended this movie to me. Um, he, he actually passed away about a year ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was sitting there and like after I finished the movie, like I, I almost started crying because I was like, uh, it's weird. Like I'm watching th- this movie that he recommended so many years ago with my other friend named Peter. And uh, I don't know, it was, I think it added to the experience as well. Um, but really great movie. I, I, I highly recommend that movie. That other Peter also recommended it to me as well. It's mm. yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. He really liked that movie. He did. Yeah. He recommended it to me so many times. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. Um, so I'm glad I finally did. Yeah. That's great. Mm. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Donnie Yen is pretty great. Just in general. Oh, he is. He is. It, watching this movie made me even more excited about, uh, I think, John Wick 4 when he like he's a part of the cast. So I'm curious what's uh, what he's going to do um, and what he, like if he's going to do that similar style of like Wing Chun martial arts and how that's going to go. If he's going to be an ally of John Wick or an enemy and what sort of I think fight he was scenes. supposed to be an ally. I was just going to say that. actually. Ooh. I think the plan was that he was an ally, at least what I saw in one of the press releases. I don't know how true that is. Maybe he's going to turn on him. I don't know. It would be cool if he was an ally, though. Yeah, because John Wick doesn't have too many. <laughs> I know. It was actually a weird thing about John Wick 3 that I, it almost kind of bothered me. It felt like John Wick kind of was defeated a couple times by, by you know what I'm talking about? Like there was martial arts moments where he was like without a gun. Mm-hmm. And it was like, fun to watch, but I felt like he was kind of defeated by the enemy in a weird, strange t- way. And they kind of let him go. It, it, it was weird. I almost didn't like that. I'm like, ah, oh, man, he was kind of like cool because he, he should have been dead right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like, but um, but anyway, yeah, I don't remember any of those scenes. I'm definitely gonna rewatch the, the the three John Wick movies prior to the fourth one's release. So I feel like the best scene in John Wick three is the scene in that gun shop, like the old or the old weapon shop. Mm-hmm. It's like an antiquities. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. It's fairly early on, I believe. It is. Yeah. I was feeling almost a little sick, though. We watched all the movies back to back to back, and there's just so many people with their head shot in that I was like, oh, my God. I, I don't know if I can watch any more of this. I feel like it soured the movie for me. I think if I watched it again, I might enjoy it more. Uh-huh. There are some really good moments in John Wick 3, but I, I feel like I 
I didn't like it as much as I, I could have. So you don't um, want to do a little movie marathon when, when John Wick uh, 4 comes out? We can. It was a lot. So I, <laughs> we can do that. Sure. If you want, I'll, I'll try to do it. I mean, we have to stay silent because we don't talk outside this podcast. Never but, have, never will. But anyway, yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Should we move on to the news, Adrian? Sorry, are you there? Did you go away somewhere? Hello? Uh, no. No. I no, you didn't go away or no, you don't want to talk about the news? Because no, we're going to do the news anyways. Oh, oh whoa. Rude. It's in the document. Have we ever not done the news when you've said no? Because you've said no about 50 times so far. I mean, we're on episode 58. You've said it about 50 times. So uh, you're losing this battle. Anyways, let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one. As followed by publication, The Hollywood Reporter, Viacom CBS CEO Bob Backish announced at the Viacom CBS investors call that the 45-day theatrical exclusivity window is here to stay. Prior to the pandemic, a 90-day theatrical exclusivity window was relatively standard within the entertainment industry, but COVID drastically changed the theatrical exclusivity landscape. Backish referred to the 45-day fast follow from theatrical model as a sweet spot that benefits both consumers who love the theater going experience and the consumers that want to stay home and take advantage of the Paramount Plus streaming service shortly after the theatrical run. Adrian, what are you thinking about this? What are you thinking about Bob Backish weighing into this question of streaming versus theatrical release? I mean, we've talked in recent weeks mm -hmm. about Disney's choices for Premier Access and HBO Max's choices and Warner Brothers, I should say, his choices to launch 17 movies like Suicide Squad, by the way. Suicide Squad was launched in the United States in theaters while also on streaming service HBO Max at the same time. Now we got Viacom CBS weighing in. What are you thinking? Real quick, before I get into what I think, it's, it's interesting how many Bobs are at like these CEO positions. We had Bob Iger in Disney. Then we have Bob Chappick now, who we don't like. We both hate him. We both agree on that. And then you got Bob Backish here at uh, Viacom CBS. Um, and uh, I like Bob Backish arguably the best right now because uh, I'm glad that he's sticking with this 45-day model. Now, I would prefer to stick at the 90-day, but hey, man, I think – what he's saying, how it's a sweet spot, you know, 45 day, it's a, uh, it, it'll benefit both the, the, the moviegoers um, like us who really love that theater experience, as well as benefits the people that, you know, maybe can't make it out and they don't have to wait three full months to watch the movie. Um, so I do like that. My only kind of um, thing I'm worried about is uh, Warner brothers said a similar thing. Um, I, I can't remember what, if it was exactly 45 days, but they, they, they mentioned that they would go back to that sort of model where um, it would be theaters exclusively and then come to streaming after. But I think we talked about it a week or two ago where they they backed down on that and they're still having a bunch of movies releasing day and date on both uh, HBO Max as well as the theater. So I'm really hoping they don't back out of this uh, sort of position because um, Paramount obviously, um, at least for me, like it, it excites me to know that uh, – Mission Impossible, those movies are going to be in theaters. And honestly, I feel like those are that's probably the best place to watch those movies. Realistically, to be fair, I think I feel that way with most movies. But you know, what I'm, you know what I mean? What do you think, my friend? Yeah, like I would say so the Warner Brothers situation was a misunderstanding, I think, 
And I think the publication that I used was Variety or Deadline. Somebody was going a little bit too aggressively on the concept that they were going to go back to the 45-day window in their and I read it again. I read the article that said that. Like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna do the 45-day exclusivity window for our blockbuster films. And they kind of had that in there and they glossed over the fact that they had said most. Mm. Most of them. And so I went back and I looked at the article. I can't remember who it was. I feel like I'm not doing them justice here, but somebody was somebody was saying that. One of the big three that I usually quote, Variety, Deadline, or The Hollywood Reporter, was kind of aggressively saying that Warner Brothers had said that. That's that's going to happen. And that's not really what they said. They said most. I think that there was a misunderstanding. It's Actually, no, it isn't most unless they do, because they said they're doing 10. It's still kind of a lie because they're still doing 10 in, on streaming services release at the same time as theater release. Yeah. And if they do 17 films, that's most actually launching in the same way they launched the 2021 uh, blockbusters. So the, actually, it's still potentially incorrect. Um, but anyway, the, the point is, I agree with you about Bob Backish. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's nice that he's kind of sticking to, this, to his guns on this, but you're right. It could change. You never know. Mm-hmm. We go into a fourth wave or whatever the heck. I don't know what the United States is on at this point. Fifth wave, I don't know. But the Delta variant, you know, is is wreaking havoc. And so, w- what happens then? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a it's a tough one. Yeah, man. They they delayed Clifford the Big Red Dog. Are you kidding me? <gasps> no. <sighs> How dare they? Frustrates the hell out of me. I did like Clifford when uh, I was a kid. Yeah, like you. We came out of a movie. We came out of Green Knight, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and you yelled out because you can't talk to me, of course. So you yelled out into the the void because you saw the poster for Clifford the Big Red Dog mm-hmm. on the on one of the you know the theater um, walls. walls. Jinx, human mm-hmm. relationship. That's hard to. It was hard for me to say walls there. That was mm-hmm. a very difficult word to say. Anyways, you saw that and you're like, oh my goodness, I really think this movie's gonna be great. I did not say that. I said uh, I kind of want to watch this movie. The trailer didn't look too bad. <laughs> yeah. And I instantly said to you, and you don't want to see Space Jam because Clifford the Big Red Dog trailer didn't look not did not look good. I almost said did not not look good, but didn't look good in my opinion. It looked pretty hokey, mm-hmm. my friend. It looks like it's a thirty percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it, it, it might surprise me. Maybe it's a ninety. Maybe this is a this is a Paddington type scenario where you got this you know CG animated animal living with his family and it's going to be the most charming movie of the year but i don't know everyone loves dogs dude especially if they're big and red one of my favorite memes i don't know if you i don't know if you've seen this one because nothing's funnier than me explaining a meme but it's literally just like a, it's it's like the the cover of a clifford book where he's like helping a cat get down off a tree like he's like pulling like the, the tree down but but the caption's like clifford fucking launches a cat <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. uh, it makes me laugh every time. It's a good one. It's a mm. good one. Yes, visualize it, viewer or listener. Oh, you said viewer now. I know. I just can't huge... get out of this pattern. It's your fault. I blame you, man. I blame you. I blame you. Yeah. yeah. Um. Heck yeah, to Bob Backish, my favorite Bob in the industry. <laughs> okay. See if you can beat him. Other Bobs out there, maybe you can beat this Bob. You can be yeah. the best Bob. It's a long way to go for Bob Chappick, I feel like, especially after this weird Disney scandal with Scarlett Johansson. I just can't, I still can't believe it. It's just shocking. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of frustrating to think about. And uh, I mean, again, Disney's so big. It's one of those situations where like, I want to vote with my wallet. Uh, but at the same time, it's just like, how do I avoid 
the Marvel stuff that I, that I'm so in love with. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it's hard, and like the, the, it's it's not necessarily him making the like he's not making those movies. You know, there's there's still independent people like creating this stuff and putting their heart and soul into it. So it's a tough it's a tough one. It's it's hard to vote with your wallet sometimes. You know what I'm saying, man? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's only a matter of time before they start meddling in Kevin Feige's business. You know. Mm-hmm. Then we got then we got a different problem on our hands. But I'm glad that DC gets a win. That's the great thing about this is that that's yeah. a that's a win. That's a serious win. Like 96 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's currently James Gunn's best reviewed movie, mm-hmm. and I think he claimed that it was his favorite movie he's ever made. And so I, I, I'm happy about that. And yeah. I'm happy for him because that's 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 sweet, and it's a great comeback story for him too because he was canceled basically. And um, oh yeah, this I guess is his first movie after he got canceled for those. Uh, yeah. To be fair, yeah, like the, the pedophile party jokes and stuff like that. Um, which again, you know, like understand they're a joke. Yeah, and it, they happened so long ago. He 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 apologized for that. So it, I don't know, man. It's a weird thing to me as well. I just want to point this out just briefly because we're not a political podcast, but I, I think it's funny that he was one of like not the first, but the, it was like the beginning of the cancellation. You know, this cancel culture that everyone keeps throwing around. Mm-hmm. But the most, the people who throw around cancel cancel culture the most. And the ones that hate it the most are typically those on the right. And the funny thing is, is he was canceled mm-hmm. by alt-right. <laughs> Which is, is, is kind of interesting to think about. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It is a funny thing. I agree with you. I'm glad that he, he came back. Because Fox News, Tucker Carlson, they, he does not like cancel culture. Let <laughs> me tell you. Cancel cultures. I know. I know, Adrian. You're a big uh, Tucker Carlson fan. I, I don't like him. Alongside Seth MacFarlane, I don't like him. I just yeah. I, again, I just he just annoys me. His dumb face just annoys me. Honestly, he, he could be literally saying every everything I agree with. He could come out and be like, "The Suicide Squad is a, is an amazing movie. It's fantastic," and then just regurgitate everything I just said, and I'd be like, "I still don't like you." You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yes. Indeed. Okay. Moving on to number two. As Website Variety reports, South Park creators Trey Parker and Matt Stone have signed a $900 million deal to produce 14 South Park-related movies and another six 10-episode South Park seasons for the Paramount Plus streaming service. South Park has effectively been renewed up to season 30 on Viacom CBS's Comedy Central Network, which will eventually air in the year 2027. In a statement referencing the New Deal, Trey Parker and Matt Stone stated, quote, Comedy Central has been, has been our home for 25 years, and we're really happy that they've made a commitment to us for the next 75 years. <laughs> when we came to Viacom CBS with a different way to produce the show during the pandemic, Chris McCarthy, Nina Diaz, Kaez Hill-Edgar, and Tanya Giles were immediately supportive and enabled us to try something new that turned out to be really well-received. We can't wait to get back to doing traditional South Park episodes, but now we can also try out new formats. It's great to have partners who will always take a chance with us, unquote. Adrian, I know you're a South Park fan. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about this? This is a nuts. $900 million. Yeah, this is crazy, man. That's a, that's a lot of money. And also, like, the idea of producing 14 South Park related movies is is bananas like there there aren't too many I I think there's only one South Park movie so to add another 15 to that it's pretty insane uh, or, or to sorry not to add 15 to that to add 14 uh to, to that one movie 
um it's yeah it's pretty nuts like go, going all the way up there and it's it's nice that they're going for you know season 30 south park i think has mastered a way to stay modern every single season because they it's a lot of it is just commentary of what's uh of what's going on and i'll be honest I, i've i've fallen off of uh of uh you know south park in general like i, I don't keep up with the the, the seasons the last season i watched uh, i i don't recall honestly maybe like 16 17 whatever season they're on now uh but i do like going back here and there i think i talked about it on this podcast how i watched their pandemic pandemic special that came out um last year at some point and how much i loved it and how much i get reminded of of, of my love for the tv series and you know, that style of comedy that's so offensive, but still like pretty smart uh, throughout it. What was super interesting to me, I know we're not not a gaming podcast, Simon, and I, and I apologize to Kenneth Stadobauer for bringing up video games. But along with this deal, there was there was something written that uh, they're also developing a new video game, oh. which I really love the two South Park video games that came out, South Park, The Stick of Truth and South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Uh, and those were like stellar games are on, you know, PlayStation four, whatever, Xbox, whatever. Uh, and Adrian, they're really funny. Let me stop you right there. It's the fractured butthole. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. Not the fractured, fractured butthole. Come on. It's inappropriate. It's the fractured butthole. <laughs> um, That's better. Thank you. Butthole. Um, but yeah, uh, those games are really awesome. And again, they capture, you know, what makes South Park funny while being a, really good video game honestly both of them uh, so that made me really excited about this and yeah, i'm curious what they can do with like the movie format like south park bigger longer and uncut is it's an awesome movie it's absolutely hilarious and um you know it came out when i was what like five years old and i definitely watched that movie when i was way too young but i, I rewatched it you know within the past let's say 10 years, most likely. And again, it still holds up uh, from what I watched it, at least uh, there's, you know, some, it's a musical mostly. And, you know, there's the, the, the hit song blame Canada in that uh, movie as well, which is a bop. You know what I'm saying? Simon, um, have you ever watched South Park bigger, longer and uncut? No. In fact, I don't think I've watched one South Park episode ever. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a single whole episode. I might have watched some of an episode. What were you going to say? Sorry, you feel like... I feel like maybe you mentioned that before on this podcast. You must have. I might have. have. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of a missed thing. These guys, speaking of creators Mm -hmm. who get to do whatever the heck they want, am I right? Yeah. You know, like who's meddling with them? I feel like not many people. No one. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane because they've... They got the show down pat, not only in its like content and what they do with it, but how they make the show. And uh, like they have this like schedule where they literally make every single episode within a week and then, you know, release it that day. And then, you know, they're working practically nonstop for, you know, 10 weeks straight. But once that's done, they just chill out for a year, which is really cool. Um, And again, like I don't I think they've only ever missed one episode ever. Um, like they never completed it on time, only one time in their however many year run at this point. And that's, uh, oh, that's I think a cool the, story. Yeah, I think that's pretty remarkable. And uh, I remember specifically uh, when the uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton election happened, they made an entire episode um, because they thought Hillary was going to win. And when oh. Donald Trump won, they had to scramble and make an episode 
you know, within like, I think it was like a day and a half or something crazy like that. Um, so they could comment on, you know, Donald Trump winning. And, uh, that episode, I remember watching it specifically and it's, it's hilarious. It's it's unbelievable that they could make something so funny and so great in literally like two days, not even. Um, so yeah, it's, it's some super cool stuff and, you know, obviously they, they know what they're doing and I'm glad that they're getting paid for it. Um, they get to speak their mind and, you know, make some of the best social commentary on TV. And uh, honestly, I always say this, but I always want to get back into South Park. And if they have all the seasons on Paramount Plus, like there is the free trial through Apple TV. I, m- I might do it sometime and just catch up or binge a bunch of seasons um, from wherever I left off. Um, yeah. Cool. That's great. Super cool, man. Speaking of free trials, speaking of free trials, lately, in a strange way, Apple TV Plus is kind of the king of free trials. You know? Yeah, man. I So... I know exactly what you're talking about because since its launch, which was oh, what it's over a year at this point, isn't it, Simon? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was launched in uh, I think November of mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I think alongside the new like iPhone 11, was it? Oh, maybe September, like shortly after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the iPhone launch. Good call. Yeah, September. Yeah, I believe and, it was 2019. And uh, yeah, like when I bought my iPhone 11, uh, 11 last year or the year before. Yeah, I guess two years ago in 2019, I have had Apple TV free ever since I paid for one single month since I renewed it. And that was for the month of July. And then just recently for all PlayStation five owners, even if you are a current subscriber, you get six months free of Apple TV plus. Yeah, that's wild, which is awesome. So I've had this service for nearly two years and I haven't paid a single penny for it. Well, sorry, I paid one month for it, I just, like I said. I wonder kind of, which is not much. It's like five, like $6 a month, too. Mm-hmm. So you paid $6. But the um, it's crazy. Like, I wonder what kind of a uh, a deal Sony made to make that happen. It's, it's a fascinating thing. It's, it's also weird because Sony actually has a relationship with Netflix. So it's like a, why did you do that with Apple? It's, got, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting because also the whole incentive or part of the incentive of having Apple TV Plus for Apple is – you know, it's a it's it is an incentive, I guess, to buy hardware that's Apple. So mm-hmm. it, it's clearly not Apple hardware, the PlayStation Five. So it's in it. It's fascinating. Again, I wonder how much money that money Sony would have paid Apple for that. It's a it's an interesting one. Yeah, it's an interesting I agree with deal. you. Because yeah, since I've gotten my PS Five, that's been my primary source of like that, it's been my media content player. Like I play everything on uh, off of it and. um before that, I just use my TV. It's a, you know, it's a 2018 TV uh, that just runs like Android TV. But uh, Apple TV was not on there. So whenever I rented a movie or whatever, I would rent it through Google Play on my TV. And now with, you know, PlayStation 5, it doesn't have an option for Google Play. I have Apple TV on there. Uh, so anytime I rent a movie, it is now through Apple TV directly. So maybe, who knows, maybe uh, Apple just saw a growth in, in sales from like people kind of like me that just started using their PlayStation five as their media player and, and would, you know, pay Apple money to rent content. Maybe this was, you know, a, a deal made out of goodwill. It, it's possible. Unlikely because they're businesses, but uh, I, I can kind of see that happening because uh, yeah, honestly, I've spent this point since I got my PS five, probably over a hundred bucks on rentals and purchases through Apple TV. Neato. Mm-hmm. Neato. Neato indeed, my friend. Let's move on to number three. 
As publication deadline reports, X-Men Days of Future Past actor Nicholas Holt has been cast as Renfield in Universal's upcoming monster movie following Dracula's henchman, Renfield. The film is to be directed by the Tomorrow War director, Chris McKay, and is said to be set in present day as opposed to being a period piece. Universal has been focused on their updated slate of monster horror films ever since the success of the 2020 Invisible Man movie starring Elizabeth Moss. On top of Renfield, Universal is said to be working on a Wolfman film starring Ryan Gosling and a Van Helsing film produced by Fast franchise director James Wan. Adrian, how are you, how are you uh, excited for potentially Renfield, but uh, the successors to The Invisible Man? Honestly, Simon, I'm I'm pretty stoked for it. If if they can maintain the quality of uh, Invisible Man, um, then I'm definitely going to be sold on each of these. I really loved Invisible Man starring uh, Elizabeth Moss that came out in 2020. I think that was the last movie maybe we watched in theaters prior to COVID ravaging the world. So maybe that adds to why I love that movie so much. But that movie is so good. And again, if they if they maintain maintain that quality with these other characters, um, I'm I'm definitely sold on it. I think Nicholas Holt is an awesome actor. I really love him, um, obviously because of the X Men uh, series. But I know him actually. Funnily enough, I talked about Skins last week uh, because Deb Patel. That's where I knew him from initially. Nicholas Holt is also in the first two seasons alongside Deb Patel. Uh, in I know. I, I'm fairly certain you've mentioned this multiple times. I have, and I'll mention it every single you time do, it comes up. You do love Skins. I it's think. a fantastic I show. Like, yeah. I feel like if we created a supercut of you mentioning Skins, I feel like there would be quite a few, mm-hmm. quite a few moments. Quite yeah. a few moments. I do honestly love Skins. I think Skins is awesome. Um, and I don't know this. The story of Renfield. I, I looked into it uh, after looking into the story, and and kind of. I'm kind of curious what they're going to do with this, if they're going to make it modern day as well. And, you know, Renfield's one of his major defining traits is, is how he is connected to Dracula. Are we going to get Dracula in this Renfield movie? Um, I'm also curious, you know, when are we going to get those Dark Universe movies? Uh, never. What? Are you telling me those Dark Universe movies were canceled? Come on, man. With the success of The Mummy starring Tom Cruise? You're telling me they're canceled? Yes, it was terribly successful. My goodness. Simon, they posted a picture online with with people they hired sitting in, in a room together. I know. In front of a black backdrop, a dark gray backdrop, and they said, welcome to the dark universe. I know. And you're telling me that Universal, the movie production studio, is not continuing the dark universe? I'm sorry to say... Most likely. I mean, I can't confirm nor deny, but I'm fairly certain it's not happening. It's not going forward anymore, Adrian. Those Unbelievable. Those actors, the time they spent together in that room will never be forgotten, but they unfortunately, <laughs> their movies will not be going forward at this time. Yeah, fair enough. That's, a, that's understandable. I never even watched that Mummy movie, so I'm actually not yeah. disappointed in that. There's and, some pretty uh, good actors in that. Russell Crowe and... Um, I can't remember everyone who was in it actually, <laughs> actually but I do remember Russell Crowe and Tom Cruise. And Angelina Jolie, Johnny oh, Depp. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Incredible. Um, Did they have – I want to say Benicio Del Toro. I might be wrong about that. Dark Universe. Let's look this up. It's possible. It's possible. 
the dark universe photo everybody you can look it up you can look it up right now on your phones or your computers or your tablets while you're listening to us here on spill focus a film and tv podcast but remember if you're driving while you're listening to this podcast please do keep your hands on the wheel please do not search up the photo for the dark universe that adrian is looking for so fervently and i i feel like it's taking him way too long adrian did you not find it yet come on buddy Mm-hmm. It's, it's on Vulture. It's like how that amazingly terrible Universal Monster Universe cast photo happened. Ah, um, exciting yeah. times. So now you can all follow along. So Sophia, Sophia Botella, Javier Bardem, and Johnny Ooh. Depp, Russell Crowe, Tom Cruise. I guess I, that was it. I could have sworn Angelina Jolie was in that as well, but maybe not. I'm looking at the picture mm. and Angelina Jolie was not there. Or was she? Mm. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, absolutely ridiculous. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, I'm curious about the Wolfman movie as well, starring Ryan, the goose Gosling, one of my favorite actors in the industry. And I feel like, again, uh, do, do, they, do they have like a director attached to any of, uh, of that, uh, or any of Jesus, I'm like stumbling over my words. I'm so embarrassed, Simon. I'm sorry. Uh, is there a, a director attached to the Wolfman movie? Do we know? Hmm. What a question. What a question that I don't have the answer to. Let me Google it for you. I'm Googling as well. I'm Googling as well. Actually, speaking of let me Google it for you. Have you ever seen, you probably have, but have you ever seen that website that's literally let me Google that for you? No. It's the most, it's it's like, this is like an early 2000s or like mid 2000s to 2010 type, uh, type snarky website. But basically it's a website in which you type in a word it was very popular in forums. I feel like maybe like Reddit and things like that when Reddit was becoming popular. But you type in a word into this thing, and then you send them the link. Um, like if somebody asks a stupid question on a forum, like what is well, why uh, why don't people like uh, getting vaccines? And then you're like, let me Google that for you. And then you just like type in type in the word, and that literally just it's a it's a video of of the mouse cursor cl- clicking to Google and then typing in the question they asked. It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Um, so I looked it up. They, the Wolfman, um, this is back in July 2020. It's an exclusive by Deadline. Lee Winnell, who di- actually directed The Invisible uh, Man, uh, was in talks to direct the Wolfman movie. But I guess no updates since then, which is really awesome. That's great to hear. Uh, I feel like that's a, that's, that's a good match. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for these. Again, especially considering I've been in like such a horror mood recently. Um so give me give me more horror stuff. Maybe I'm a new horror fan. Maybe from here on out, that's going to be my shtick. Maybe horror movies. Maybe mm-hmm. is your stick on this podcast? You mean like that's your flavor? That's your thing? Uh, or in general, like your entire life? My just, entire it's, life. It's rooted. the The root of your existence is going to be watching horror movies. You're the guy who watches horror movies. I'm the guy that watches horror movies. I just brought bought black paint for my room and and red paint to to make it look blood like ooh yeah super cool it's very emu of you emo you mean emu yeah i know that's what i meant you're crazy I, man i know it's not an emu yeah. okay um but yeah i guess what are your thoughts on this i, I was rambling there for like 5 minutes what what are you what what are you thinking about this you excited for it uh i don't know <laughs> sure I'm not unexcited for it, you know, but I got to see more. I got to see more before I really get uh, get excited. What are you thinking about the fact that Chris McKay, the Tomorrow War guy, 
is making Renfield. Is the director for Renfield. Yeah. What do you think about that, Adrian? I know you love The Tomorrow War. It's such so a good movie, eh? That, that's really the only thing holding me back because, again, I think The Tomorrow War is so bad. However, Chris McKay, he also directed the Lego Batman movie, which is a great movie, which I really enjoyed. So um, is this going to be more Lego Batman or is this going to be more The Tomorrow War? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good call out there. It's, yeah. it's an interesting one. It, there's something about um, the Tomorrow War. I, I thought about the Tomorrow War, other than writing up this little blurb here for uh, Renfield. I thought about the Tomorrow War recently because there was a, there was this controversy with James Gunn, whatever. It's ridiculous. It was blowing up on Twitter how he said that, you know, uh, the thing about Scors- that Scorsese said about, uh, you know, superhero movies not being cinema is ridiculous and that Scorsese used that as a ploy to get people to watch The Irishman and then he complimented Scorsese for like quite a bit to say oh he's one of the greatest directors of all time but nobody kept track of that part they just focused on the oh there's a feud now before uh, you know before us it's a uh, it's James Gunn versus Martin Scorsese and that then I mean it's 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 bullshit but my the cool thing is, is that he actually said he agreed with Scorsese in one regard in that there are a lot of soulless spectacle films out there. And instantly, my mind went to the Tomorrow War. Mm-hmm. Instantly. I was like, oh, yeah, there are. Not a superhero movie, though. But the Tomorrow War is a soulless spectacle film. Would be a great, wor- a great yeah. way to describe that movie, in my opinion. I agree completely. Yeah. Just didn't have a soul. Didn't have a soul. What did you think of that feud, by the way? I'm curious. I don't know if you saw that blowing up on Twitter. Um, again, I looked into it, and I, I feel like there's there's no f- there, there isn't one. There isn't. That's why it's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's. The I mean, obviously, like the the negative comments always get the clicks. You know what I mean? Like you got to highlight all the negatives, and that's that's what people click on. It's not interesting to to be like James Gunn had some kind words from Ernst Scorsese. You know what I mean? No one's going to click on that. But if you go like, there's now a feud between these two directors, one that directs superhero movies and one that said superhero movies are bad, blah, 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 blah. You know, that that's going to get the clicks. Yes. And um, people aren't willing to just take a couple minutes to literally read an article um, to know it's total bullshit. Uh, and I was one of those people that took the time to read the article. So again, I, I my only thought about the feud was there isn't one. This is stupid. Why are people talking about this? Indeed. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Cool, man. I agree with you. Look at us. Just agreeing with each other. I love it. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk it? Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as Variety reports, season one of Amazon's Lord of the Rings TV series will officially debut on September 2nd, 2022. Oh, a little over a year away. It's interesting. I'm curious how this series is going to do. I imagine it's going to be a big one. For the record, I think on our podcast, we might have said that it was going to come out by the end of this year. And I think online it said that before as well. I don't think we were like mistaken. I think we just quoted that from online. And I guess that was either false or that changed somewhere down the line. But anyway, it's like over $400 million to make this first season. Crazy. Number two. According to Deadline, The Mummy star, Brendan Fraser, has been cast in director Martin Scorsese's next film, Killers of the Flower Moon, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. This is the original Mummy, not the Dark Universe Mummy, just to clarify. The 
Dark Universe, which doesn't exist anymore. Indeed. Brendan Fraser making a comeback. It's nice to see. Number three. As Deadline reports, Casey Yost and Saturday Night Live star Colin Yost have been hired on to write a live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie for Paramount. Oh, this is separate from the Seth Rogen one that's being developed, correct? Indeed. This is live-action, and that's an animation as well. Number four, as Deadline reports, the Natalie Portman starring film adaptation of the Days of Abandonment novel has officially been scrapped by HBO. Oh my goodness. One less thing for me to write in the new releases segment. Number five, as Variety reports, actors Minka Kelly, Dominic Fike, and Demetrius Lil Meech Flannery Jr. have all been cast in HBO's Euphoria Season 2. Ooh, I can't wait for Season 2. I'm very excited. The first season of Euphoria is fantastic. Fantastic, I tell you. Number six. As Variety reports, community TV series hero Luis Guzman (laughs) has been cast as Gomez in Netflix's live-action Adam's Family spinoff series Wednesday. That's a a great one right there. I really appreciate that, the Luis Guzman bit of a community. Good stuff there, Simon. I understood that reference, Simon. Me! Number seven. As the New York Times reports, Reese Witherspoon's production company, Hello Sunshine, has reportedly been sold to an investment firm called Blackstone Group for around $900 million. What? That's a lot of money. We were, uh, we talked about this, that Apple was looking to possibly buy this production company, correct? Yes. But it went to Blackstone Group instead. Number eight. As Variety reports, actor Sam Elliott has been cast alongside singers Faith Hill and Tim McGraw in a Paramount Plus Yellowstone prequel TV series called 1883. Sam Elliott, the most recognizable voice ever. I don't know, I'd argue it's Morgan Freeman. Number nine. According to Variety, How I Met Your Mother actress Kobe Smulders has been cast as Ann Coulter in the upcoming third installment of anthology series American Crime Story, which is set to follow the Bill Clinton impeachment. I know you're excited for this one. Uh, I got to watch the other two American Crime Story series. Yeah, this could be good. I mean, you don't have to because it's an anthology, but this one's cool. Like it's got uh, Beanie Feldstein and uh, Clive Owen in it as well. It's neat. Hmm. Number 10. According to Deadline, Disney's Jungle Cruise movie earned approximately a third of its opening weekend earnings from Premier Access, with a grand total of $30 million earned from the streaming service's rental fees. Boo. Not cool. And that concludes the montage. Boo. Okay, I don't know what that noise was, but um, Adrian, what do you got for me, buddy? What do you got for me, yeah? Oh, I got new releases for you, Simon. I got new releases for you. This is for the week of August the 9th to August the 15th. That's a Monday to a Sunday as it regularly goes, Simon Denisidi. And uh, the first movie that's coming out is coming out on Wednesday, August the 11th. Uh, and that is a movie called The Kissing Booth 3. This is a Netflix original movie, and it is a sequel to the other two Kissing Booth movies where people kiss in a booth, presumably. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Very uh, very on the nose with the title. Yeah. Presumably. I never watched the movies. Uh, Misha and the Wolves is up next, and this is a Netflix original documentary about a woman that lived with wolves after she escaped the Holocaust. Or did she? Exclamation point <gasps> question mark. Oh. I honestly don't know. Kind of want to watch it. Seems like a cool premise. 
coming up next is uh, Thursday, August 12th. The next movie that's coming out on that day is a movie called Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild. It's a Netflix original movie, and this is based on the video game series. A boy fights a big monster dragon to save his village, Simon. That's what this movie's about. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, I talked about this, how, how Netflix just seems to be making these movies based on like uh, video game properties and and, and different properties whether it be books etc and they're really going this like multimedia uh route which uh i do enjoy i do enjoy am i gonna watch this monster hunter legends of the guild movie no but uh i appreciate them uh, making it hmm. hmm yeah that's nice that's a nice sentiment thank you adrian no worries man no worries uh and then finally uh for the last day that movies are coming out this week is on friday the 13th of august simon Hmm. Friday the 13th. Are you superstitious? Uh, no. Are you? No, but I am a little stitious. Oh, fell into that one. Yeah. I said, I, I, we've literally done that joke before and I was hoping you would remember. I, I was trying to set you up, but, uh, you failed. Yeah. But I, I butchered it last time too. <laughs> yeah, you did. You remember? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, it I was think literally... I set it up too. I, I yeah. set that one up, but I messed up the setup yeah. and now I messed up the punchline. This is great. We're great. We're yeah. this is why we're not a comedy podcast, Adrian. You see, we're not. <laughs> what the hell? Anyways, the first movie that's coming out is a movie called Beckett. Um, this is a Netflix original movie starring John David Washington, and he's on the run in Greece after being tied up in a political conspiracy. Oh no! Hmm, this actually looks good. Um, it does. It does look good. He doesn't look like he's an action hero. He looks like he's just like kind of like a regular guy. I uh, maybe I misinterpreted but it looks like he's just like this guy on the run but he didn't kind of intend to be you know mm-hmm. he's he's no he's no uh john david washington from tenet you know he's mm-hmm. uh it's like a regular he's, john david washington more he just like. is john david washington from beckett in this one oh indeed that's yeah. wow that's wow you're so smart that's a what a smart thing to say incredible thanks. wow thanks making fun of me yeah i'm uh i'm curious about this you calling me a phony Hmm? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, man. You're uh, getting crazy. Classic. Um, <laughs> classic joke from last week. Uh, CODA is up next. Uh, CODA stands for Child of Deaf Adults. And this is actually an Apple TV Plus original movie. Um, this was a huge movie at Sundance. I think it won an award uh, for something. I didn't write down what the award was, but... You can look it up if you're curious. And this is about a young girl who finds a love for singing, despite having parents who are deaf and uh, her being the only hearing-abled child in her home. Um, and I guess it, it causes some uh, some issues. I, I don't know. I don't know. Never watched the movie. But I kind of do want to watch it. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Coming up next is a movie called Charming the Hearts of Men. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie, and it's a period piece set in the 60s where a strong woman works to change legislation that gives women new opportunities and protections. I see. I see. Yeah. I don't know if it's based on a true story or not. I, I didn't look too hard into it, but seems interesting. Coming up next is a movie called The East, and this is again – Confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.thefnumbers.com and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. It's about a man who is torn between his duty and his conscience after he joins an elite squad with a brutal commander post-World War II. Oh, no. 
Oh, no, indeed, Simon. Oh, no, indeed. The meaning of Hitler, speaking of World War II. Oh, Jeez. Uh, is up next on the list. And once again, confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.theheavennumbers.com and the Apple TV application. This is a video on demand movie, and it's a documentary that dives into the current rise of white supremacy and how it relates to the fascination of Hitler and Nazism. Hmm. Yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. Materna is up next. This is confirmed by Apple TV. I'm pretty sure Movie Insider as well. This is a video on demand movie, and it's about four diverse women who are brought together after they share an experience in a New York subway. Wow. Yeah, interesting. Naked Singularity is up next, and this is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie starring John Boyega, and he's a public defender, but he's tired of the system, Simon. Ooh. He's tired of the system. I see. And then the last three movies coming out. Um, our free guy, this is coming, uh, to theaters confirmed by the Cineplex application. And this is Ryan Reynolds, uh, in a Grand Theft Auto movie. Now this is being reviewed quite well. I love how you just described it and just left it there at that. It's not a Grand Theft Auto movie. It looks like Grand Theft Auto. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, but, uh, yeah, this is being reviewed quite well. I think it's above an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes. Like that was actually the best trailer, I think, for like before the Suicide Squad. Oh, really? I don't yeah, like the trailer because I feel like it revealed too much. It's the trailer in which it's like uh, like a very fit Ryan Reynolds is on the screen. Did you watch? Wait, were you there for that part of the movie? Were you there in the theater? Maybe you missed that trailer. Maybe I did. But it's basically like a. I guess there's like a body devil or, or Ryan Reynolds worked out a lot and took growth hormones and he's like, he's, he's jacked basically. Hmm. Uh, and they, they do this like talking head with him in the trailer. Anyways, it's a great trailer. It was, it's good. I don't think that scene's going to be in the movie. So that I like, I think that they could do more of those types of trailers, especially when it comes to Ryan Reynolds. Cause he's, he's very good at talking heads. I find, you know what hmm. I'm saying? Like the, the, the document mockumentary style type aspect which yeah. he did actually for like where he kind of had deadpool and korg review the trailer for free guy already that he kind of did that in a that was basically a trailer for free guy as well anyway yeah are you excited for this do you want to watch this is this something you're into honestly uh, like the trailers to me like i didn't love from when i saw like i feel like it just showed the movie beat for beat but it being reviewed so well um definitely piques my interest i mean uh there's a few other movies that i still want to watch in theaters um, that came out last week. Uh, I think Stillwater is one of them that I'm kind of curious about. I, I, I know you yeah. are interested in that one. We got to find that though. We're, we're, where is it being shown? That's what the problem was. We, we didn't know where it was. Yeah. I definitely want to watch that. Yeah, it. Uh, I have no idea what it's about, but I'm curious about it either way. And then... Um, yeah, Free Guy is currently 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not bad. Not bad at all. So Stillwater is at uh, our Pergola Commons Theater, my friend. What? Let's just yeah. do that then. What are we doing? we got to do it sometime soon. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Let's go. Indeed. Uh, the next movie coming out is R-E-S-P-C-T. Respect, Simon. It's confirmed by Cineplex and it's coming to theaters. This is uh, that movie about Aretha Franklin. Um, and yes. I feel like there was another movie about Aretha Franklin that came out recently. I could be wrong, but that may have been was a there? documentary. I don't know. Yeah. I don't recall. That I don't know. Maybe there is. If you know of this movie, you can write into us. 
at splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. You can write into us at that email address and let us know about the other Aretha Franklin film or other things. Ask us any questions. We are open, open for you to write into us and ask us questions, make comments, make ridiculous remarks. You have the floor, audience. Why aren't you writing into us more often? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, Adrian, uh, anything else about this uh, R-E-S-P-E-C-T movie? No. Okay, cool. Anything else? Anything else coming out this week? There is one final movie coming out this week, Simon, which I really want to watch. And that is Don't Breathe Too Heavy. Is it actually the name of the movie is Don't Breathe Too Heavy? No, but I kind of wish it was, eh? Uh, Sounds cool. You got me there, actually. I wasn't, uh, I don't know. I was not well educated on the title. I thought it was just Mm -hmm. called Don't Breathe Too. But then I was like, oh, maybe there was a heavy somewhere down there and I missed it. But no, you made me excited for no damn reason. Yeah. Seems like a, I I just came up with a better name. Anyways, I'm I'm kind of in like I'm curious where they're gonna take this Don't Breathe two movie because uh, again this is a sequel to the first Don't Breathe, which is a really really great movie. I, I absolutely loved it, and I'm hoping this one is good. It's uh it's going in a very interesting direction that I did not expect it to go uh, from the trailer at least, and I'm worried that the trailer actually revealed a little bit too much. Again, uh, I I feel like that's a common uh, sentiment I've I, I've had. Where I feel like just some trailers just show too much. And I, I'm worried that this this trailer did show too much. But anyways, I'm very excited to watch this. This is definitely a movie I want to watch for next week if I can find the time. I should have the time, Simon. Um, but yeah. I haven't had much time lately, to be quite honest with you. So like I'm I'm yeah. hoping I can find the time. I want to go see Stillwater. Yeah. I might want to see Free Guy, honestly. But uh, Which would you prefer to watch, Free Guy or Don't Breathe, if you only have the time to watch one of them? Um, or Don't Breathe 2? Oh, Free Guy. I don't, I've, not, I've not seen Don't Breathe 1, so I feel like that's a, a mistake. What? Stillwater or either of those? Stillwater. Stillwater. For sure. Took the third door. You haven't seen the first Don't Breathe? Uh, no, I haven't, no. What? That's yeah. wild. Yeah. I've never seen I it. I've never to... seen it. Uh, who did I go to the theaters with then? That's interesting. Not me. Not me. It's a weird one. Sometimes it's hard for you to get in touch with me to um, go to the movies because we don't talk outside this podcast. Never happened. Even back then, when we didn't have a podcast, you know. So we had that rule. We we knew because we, uh, I guess, we're uh, somehow we had this idea that there was going to be a podcast in the future at that time, and uh, refused. You refused, Adrian, to talk to me because we don't talk outside this podcast. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. I do. I'm glad. I'm glad you remember that. The history of our uh, weird friendship. Anyways, that's that's all, baby. That's it. That's all of the movies. That's it. That's all, baby. Yeah, that's all. Oh my goodness! At least that's all that I found. It's crazy. Again, the system I've created isn't without its flaws, but it's fairly accurate. Right. So there could have been a mistake made. Hundred percent. Probably every single week I miss a movie or two. I could have sworn that last week when I was looking at the list, the Suicide Squad was not on the list. And then it was I looked on the at list. it the last second when you were reading the movies, and you added it. Maybe I'm wrong. No, because I wrote Suicide Squad, and you're like, excuse me? Bleh, bleh, bleh. It's the Suicide Squad. I'm like, okay, it is. pretentious little bozo. It is the Suicide Squad, okay? It you is. can easily get them confused because there's two Whoa. different ones. One of them's not great, and the other one's pretty great. So show some respect, okay? You're running a film and TV podcast here, buddy. Show some respect like Aretha Franklin did? Yeah. Sure, some R-E-S-P-E-C-T, okay, Adrian? I'll tell you what it means to me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Any, anyway, 
this is the end of our regular scheduled program program programming for our episode. Adrian, do you have anything to say? Anything to to, to remark to our audience uh, before we? close off for the evening no man this was a, a shorter episode a little bit tighter um didn't have too much to talk about but uh i still had an enjoyable time with you as i regularly do oh i appreciate you uh sending me the invitation to record this with you and you know hang out with you i, I love you man i love you all right and i'll i guess i'll talk to you in a week it's nice of you i i will uh i'll send the invitation again next week as well you can count sounds on good. it sounds good man you can count on it same time next week, my friend. Well, I thank you all for listening to the 58th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Yeah, it is I, and I am going to sign off. And, uh, you know, The Suicide Squad is a great movie. It's an R-rated DC movie, just like Batman v Superman, The Ultimate Cut, The Ultimate Edition, which is... Another great movie. Um, Yeah, that's it. That's all. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye.